Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. It's a whole new week. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. The New York Yankees are one and two. Pretty boring record, fairly inconclusive. And I can't draw any judgments on this team, but I can say from what I've seen so far, it's a snooze fest. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. If that strikes your fancy, we would be more than happy to answer it. But Thomas Carinante, I don't know how much there is to say about this Yankees team through three games. There are pros. There are certainly pros. The pitching has, I don't know, overperformed, if that's the right word. It's performed well relative uh, to the people we've sent to the mound and probably relative to our expectations. Can't say a bad word, a serious bad word about any of the three star. Uh, well, Domingo Herman, you can rip. But uh, of the other pitchers who have appeared, I, I don't think you could say a bad word about any of their performances. But that being said, in totality, an opening series against an American League rival, they didn't get smacked. They didn't really hold their own. When they were bad, they were flat out dull. And I, I wasn't grabbed by more than three innings in the entire weekend. No, the Sunday, I, I felt like I was watching the same inning over and over again. Sunday and, was a mid-June uh, end of a seven-game winning streak type game where nobody cares. Yeah. Fifth starters are pitching, except for it's the third game of the year, and supposedly you're trying to set some sort of tone for yourself. Um, I'm not going to judge the team too harshly, but I am going to say uh, very disinterested effort by both sides in what should be a joyous start to the season. Yeah, no, just absolutely. They, did they not realize Jesus rose from the dead? And this is this is what we were supposed That's to be part celebrating. Part of the whole mythology. Yeah, yeah. As it's far like as I know. What, I don't. What really are you doing? Know. You're you're registering five hits and three walks on and one run, and you're making two errors on Sunday on the day Christ has risen. I don't know. The Yankees uh, rolled the stone out of the way and went. Uh, how quickly can we wrap this up? <laughs> can we just zip through this? Like, I I got somewhere to be. Oh, man. But once again, pitching, just not the prop. Pitching is never the problem. It, it just it feels like it never is like the, we're never sitting here looking at the pitching being like, oh, man, like uh, how are we ever going to get through life with this pitching? I mean, the starting rotation over the last few years has been like, ah, oh, we probably need to upgrade this for the postseason just to survive. But a lot of the reason because of that was since the offense goes radio silent. And that's what we had in these three games. The Yankees scored eight runs in their first three games. Even the game that they scored five runs on Saturday 
didn't really feel like that. Just a lot of blue pits, a lot of weak contacts, still a ton of strikeouts. 11 Let hits. It, I mean, do you believe yeah. they got 11 I, hits in that I, game? I no, don't. No, I thought it was four. And I then everything else was innings. a walk. I watched all nine innings, and there was a point in that game truly where I felt like the offense was as dead as a doorknob, and I checked, and they had like eight hits, and I was like, yeah. that can't be real. That just cannot be accurate. Which I guess feels kind of good because like sometimes when it feels like nothing's going on, the Yankees are still pumping out hits and getting on base, which is encouraging. But like I said, there's not really much hard contact. The taking, the, can you explain the, why, what are we taking so many strikes for? I feel like Aaron Hicks is just l- enjoying watching the first two strikes go over the plate. John Carlos Stanton has, he got Sunday off, but he looked terribly lost in the first two games. Um, I, I just don't know. I feel like Aaron judge is taking way too many pitches for my liking. Uh, that That's, that's the knee jerk hot take reaction I have based on the first three games that, that we've seen. Um, Everything's ass backwards, man. I mean, Clint Frazier and Gary Sanchez, the best hitters on the team right now. Gary looks the most relaxed at the plate by far. Even Every his bad, amazing. Even his bad at bats are he's working the count. They're great at bats that end with a pop out or a fly out. Yeah, which is fine because I, you know, I, I the, the whole thing with Gary is if he's not putting if if he's not getting on base, it, you got to at least work work to get get five six pitches out of out of the opponent to, to work the count he's been exactly all of his outs have been worthwhile so i've had no problem with him but it just seems like everything's a little bit ass backwards uh people will start rioting about aaron hicks in the three hole he's batting 83 with an 83 slugging um once again short sample size first three games of the season uh and he's still kind of getting that elbow back to normal because last year he said it didn't feel right um I we we don't really have much to assess here. We need to see more. Um, I, I will say that I'm very discouraged by the start by the offense because, like you said, like we talked about on Friday, uh, we were told something different this year. We were told that something changed in the team's DNA. We told that you know we were told the mentality is different. Um, after kind of they've gotten punked these last three four years, not really seeing a whole lot, and it's it's even more discouraging when the starting pitching is kind of ripping it. Uh, except for uh, Domingo Herman on Sunday, but then Michael King comes in and relieves six innings. He's six six innings shutout. Six the rest one of the hit entire... inning, sixty eight yeah. pitches. Best pitching Yankees, you can do. Re- literally the best pitching you can do. And the Yankees don't score. They score a run in the bottom of the fifth, uh, thanks to Clint Frazier hustling on a bloop single. Once again, another bloop hit because that's that's all that they've registered pretty much. Um, and then and the RBI came on a RBI ground out from Brett Gardner. So. Uh, just absolutely. Once again, the, the first four or five hitters do, just doing nothing on on Sunday. It was uh, it was two for 15 with a walk. Uh, I, I don't know. And the, and once again, Hinjin Ryu, I'll give you the pass that he's probably he's a top of the line starter on most teams in this league. But uh, Ross Stripling and TJ Zoik don't think so, guys. Uh, and they didn't even really get to Stripling that badly. Uh, it, I mean, kind of. But like, I feel like it should have been worse. Um because then the Blue Jays used uh, six pitchers that game and six. Did they use six pitchers in every game? Yeah, they did. Yep. No, they did. Well, I mean, Phelps today, Merriweather today again. Uh, who came in right after Zoic? It didn't matter. They just buzzed us. Who came in um, after Zoic? Thornton. Trent Thornton came in. Oh, yeah. He, was totally uh, he gave up a run. He was the one that we he gave up the, the run. The yes. run. Yes. And it wasn't even really a run because it was a BS bloop single in the middle of nowhere. And then Gardner just put that on ball and got him in. But uh, a rookie David Phelps again, 
uh, JC Romano and Merriweather shutting, shutting it down. So maybe the Blue Jays pen is better than we thought. Probably not. But um, we're three games in. So uh, anything coming out of our mouth right now is a, an irresponsible hot take if it's negative. Um, and uh, we just have to look at the silver linings and try to understand what we're getting out of the guys here. Not much so far, but we got the O's this week. And uh, I'd say it's a much needed rebound to kind of get get uh, get people off their back. Oh, uh, the undefeated first place O's. That's yeah. a much needed rebound for you. The 3-0 <laughs> Orioles. Cedric Mullins, 5-5 five five today. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's the back of the end, back end of the Orioles rotation. I, listen to me talk like... This, this does feel a lot like 2019 to me, though, without like the deflating injuries. You remember the way that season started? Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. It was two series in a row, no offense whatsoever. In, in the frigid cold weather, it's sometimes hard to tell what's real and what's fake. That, I mean, the, the games they won, and that, I believe they were two and four to start that season, and the games they won in that early stretch, like the, the ultimate squeaker. We were at that. You were at that game with me, right? Uh, Ivan Nova against Domingo. In yeah. the freezing cold, like Aaron yep. Judge dove in right to, to stop the, the game from being tied or, or something like that. And you're like, all right, they're two and two now. Here comes a mini run. Oh, they lose back to back games of the Tigers, like two, one and three, two. Still no offense. Troy Tulowitzki's on this team. Like, obviously, there's a lot about that season. It's very inconsistent. Miguel and Duhar hurt himself in the middle of that first series. But this did feel a lot like that, where it was like the opening of the Muppet show. It's like the curtains rising, baseball's back, and the Yankees can't get hit with the runs in score position. They're 0 1. Let's just like, oh, one game into the season, every problem you've ever had with the Yankees has manifested itself again. They play a nail biter. It was a nail biter on Saturday, and we can get into that game and dive a little deeper because we do want to talk about the positives. And uh, if you're taking away positives, Sunday was basically like a simulated game. It was like yeah. you, you're playing the computer, and he's at the hardest level, and you're set at B minus, and your pitcher gives up a couple, a couple early home runs, and you can't hit. Sunday, I mean, Sunday, when people say baseball is boring, they mean Sunday. It was one of the most boring games of all time. Uh, and the Yankees made it that way by by racing through their at-bats, uh, acting like it was a getaway day. They have their first night game of the season on Monday. Uh, maybe they wanted that, you know, 27-hour break. I don't know. Uh, but the positive, there were positives to take away this weekend. They are not 0-3. They could be 0-3. Um, they won a pretty hard-fought game on Saturday that featured a lot of clutch work and wiggling in and out of trouble, dealing with bloops. Uh, we will get to that in a second. But outside of the injuries, this does feel like a lot. Uh, a lot like the start of 2019 where pomp and circumstance and you're, you go to bed on opening night, extremely excited to punch back. Uh, and then immediately you sort of just hit with these dull drums, these snoozy games. Uh, you know, you alluded to this and I know this is an unfair Yankee fan complaint to make after three games. I'm well aware of that, but just because it's only been three games doesn't mean I can't already be a little bit distressed by what I saw. I want to final. I want to see that team that punches back and feels like they had something taken from them. Right. That's what we're always yeah. told. Uh, once again, we, we touched on this on, on Friday, but this is a team that 2017, they were ahead of schedule. 2018 was supposed to be their year. The Red Sox took it. And, you know, we're, we're at no point in that season where the Yankees better than the Red Sox. 108 win team in Boston. I get it. But 2018 was supposed to be the coronation and it just was not. There was a better team in their own division. 2019 was the year that they finally wanted to get back to the Astros. The Red Sox regressed because uh, I assume MLB sanctioned them in some way. <laughs> we'll never know, but they were just much worse in every way all of a sudden um, with the same roster. Question mark. I don't know. Um, but that was the year they were trying to fight back at the Astros and they had an injury every week. So they were like death by a million cuts. But the fact that they sustained themselves and this year from DJ LeMahieu, it kind of did feel like, all right, this is now the year for vengeance. And they got things taken from them at the, at the buzzer again in, in the ALCS. So, in 2020, they get Garrett Cole. They take him from Houston. And then it's like, now who now not only is Houston not a better roster at this moment, they're getting their their manager's gone, the infrastructure's falling apart. 
Uh, and their, you know, their secondary ace is now a New York Yankee. This is the year. Well, no, it's not because the coronavirus has shut everything down. So some of the buzz wore off after the 2020 season because it was strange. But they finally felt like all of the other contenders were sort of nipping at their heels instead of standing ahead of them in line. The Blue Jays, the Rays without their pitching, etc. Um, and they have started off this season not looking like a team scorned, but instead, you know, played two good games should be two and one if things have broken their way on opening day. But I, I wouldn't say that was a good performance. I would say that was a borderline performance where they should have gotten lucky and didn't and weren't able to make their own luck. Saturday's game was good. It held on for dear life. Darren O'Day. I mean, look, five, three win in the books, but you, you can't say you weren't stressed out when the Yankees gave a free runaway with a five, two lead in the seventh. Can't say you weren't stressed out when the heart, heart of the blue Jays order blooped back-to-back singles to start off the eighth against Darren O'Day who did some adult man pitching in that game. Mm -hmm. And thanks to Darren O'Day, um, who I always feel like he is in control of the scenario, but without a win in six months, I still wasn't confident with him on the mound with first and second and nobody out. And that's not a Darren O'Day thing. That's a me thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I have not. I mean, look, it's 162 games is a long season. I I'm not advocating for the Yankees to bring their A game every single day, but I have not seen a signal through three games that indicates when this team needs to turn it on, they can turn it on. It's only been three games, but at no point did they, you know, hit it. Look, sometimes when the bases are loaded with one out and you've had a tough first loss, you sort of need to smack, 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 work the count, another walk, get seven runs out of a juicy inning like that. Gary hits that home run to, you know, break the tie. It's a 2-1 ball game. The bases are loaded with one out for Aaron Hicks. Lines one up the middle, bounces off a glove, rolls around. 3-1 bases, still loaded. A chance to really elongate this lead. And, a, you know, a really good team locked in the throws, you know, at its peak. Does blow the game open there with Stanton and Torres, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, we get a pop out from Stanton and nothing at bad from Torres. And they don't break the game open in any way until a few innings later when Jay Bruce loops one lefty on lefty for a two run two out single huge at bat but at no at the end of the season in the montage i'm not going to be like remember when jay bruce knuckled up and <laughs> raked that looping two run single it's a lucky hit and, you know it, good swing good job fighting it off but a lucky hit and, and a great break for the yankees but they did not take charge at any point in the series other than michael king potentially you know grabbing hold of all of those innings he was given on sunday um saturday's game was was the game full of positives we can talk about that in a little bit let's take a quick break um we've been complaining you know quite a bit let's let's come back we'll talk about what we saw on saturday that we really did like and how we might be able to set the tone for the weeks and months moving forward stick around we'll be right back you probably know progressive insurance for insuring your home and auto you may know flow and dr rick but what you may not know is that progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees and our employees are committed to helping others Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Welcome back to the Yankee Yard Podcast. So Saturday, Thomas, um, we did have a win. There's, there's a win on the, on the Yankees docket this weekend. Um, what did you like from Saturday's game? Obviously, Corey Kluber, I think, 
a lot of us were skittish and you and I sort of agreed going into that game. It's like handshake. We assume this is going to be a loss. I think we assume we're going 0 and 2. Kluber lost his command. And it's one of those where Kluber didn't have his command in the spring. And you and I both spent the spring going, who cares? He'll find it. He's Corey Kluber. He's a great pitcher. If he doesn't even have his command in April, it doesn't matter. Cut to his first April start. You and I were like, all right, we don't have to defend him anymore. Right. He looked bad. Right. We, we can all agree. He looked bad last, last week. Great. Let's see what we got. And then, um, you know, he, he didn't sustain it through more than four innings, but his first two innings, it, he proved he had stuff that I don't know if we knew he still had. Yeah. Paint and corners. Uh, I mean, like I, uh, I, I tweeted, I said, we're, we're far from a consistent vintage Kluber and we probably might not even get a consistent vintage Kluber again, but the way he was painting the outside corner was reminiscent of vintage Kluber. And I think that that's all the Yankees signed on for. They signed for the kind of the flashes of brilliance um, and the, the, the veteran gumption uh, he battled. Uh, I understand that um, he's going against the young blue Jays lineup. Theoretically, he should be able to just blow through them and not, and it, it shouldn't be much for him to do, but this is also a guy who's barely pitched in two years. So you got to give him props when he goes four innings, one earned run strikes out five. I know he lost his control. He had, he, he issued three free passes, um, but he threw 74 pitches and we know that he's going to kind of have a short leash in terms of uh, his ability to go deep into games this year because they're going to want to save him. They're going to make sure he's ready for the postseason. Um, but thank, thank, thank goodness for the bullpen, man. Loisga comes in two shutout frames. Uh, he's retired the nine batters he's faced this year. Um, I know Litke came in and gave up a run, but um, the dinkiest run you'll ever yeah, see. The dinkiest, yeah, 15 pitches in his uh, his one inning, very efficient. O'Day, you said to the two bloop singles, but he uh, he had it under control. And then Chad Green comes in again, saved. He got saved. So um, uh, once again, I, I'm fine with the pitching. Like if if Kluber's going to battle like that, and we could toss it over the bullpen and have guys that can go a few innings, and then you know make sure they don't completely crap the bed as it gets later into the game, then I'm fine with that. And, but my problem with the lineup again is we have 11 hits. That's awesome. Right. But guess what? Two of those are extra base hits. So I mean, how this line, this lineup is predicated on power and we're getting bloop singles. I know Aaron judge, you know, he's had some hot shots ripped up the middle, ripped, ripped in, in the hole, but there's no hard contact. There's no aggression. Like Gary Sanchez has been the most aggressive hitter. He's gone after first first pitches a, a multitude of times. His home run on opening day was first pitch, just going after it. Why is that not more of the mentality that this lineup has? Beginning of the season, swing away, dude. There's no experimenting to be doing in the in the beginning of the season. It's it's time to you know, it's time to grip it and rip it. Get get into working at bats. I mean, we always want to work in at bat, but if you see a ninety, uh, how many ninety-two mile an hour fastballs that I see just dance over the plate, and they're just staring at it, and then they're the pitcher's got a pitcher's count, and then they're whiffing at an outside slider or fastball, and that's the end. That's the end of the at bat. So, um, but in terms of the positives, I this bullpen is. I'm nervous it's going to get overworked again because. Uh, we don't know how deep the starters are going to be able to go. Uh, we saw what we saw from Kluber while somewhat encouraging also didn't have, didn't have his stuff for, for, for the majority of four innings. Um, Garrett Cole couldn't get through six on opening day. Uh, and then Domingo Herman only went three on Sunday. So, um, I do, I, I, I don't mind what I'm seeing from the rotation. I'd like to see more the bullpen, super encouraging, 
Um, and the lineup just, I think the lineup just needs to be get, get more aggressive, be more relaxed. Uh, and that's going to change. That's going to change everything. I feel like it's just everybody, like you were saying on Saturday, everybody's just so tight. I, I don't, it, it seems like everybody's tight. It seems like everything, like the play in left field that Clint was running down, it just feels like, like, is, are they ready to play defense? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, just bizarre stuff. I know, look, they were in Florida and now they're back in the cold. It hasn't exactly been the greatest of weather the last uh, few days. Um, so there, there are, there are some excuses to make, but then again, it's the Yankees and you can't really make excuses for this team and uh, they're held to a higher standard. So fans kind of have like, there's no reason to freak out, but there, there is a reason to be a little bit disappointed. Nonetheless, if we could take any positives out of this, my number one is the bullpen. I'm loving what I'm seeing from them. Michael King saved us on Sunday going those six innings. We'd have to use another arm. I know it resulted in a loss, but we, you can't ask for anything better than that. Six innings, one hit, one walk. Three strikeouts, 60. He had the same amount of pitches in six innings. Domingo Herman had in three innings. Hold the uh, Blue Jays to three runs, too. Yeah. And that's like uh, the whole team. Blue Jays scored nine runs. Blue yeah. Jays scored nine runs a series. We scored eight. Unacceptable. It just can't Everybody happen. in the Blue Jays lineup can drill. Everybody puts up a quality at bat. I'm scared of everyone. They're all yeah. good. Danny Jansen kills only us. Randall Grishuk homered today. That's 15 against us since the start mm-hmm. of 2018, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Insane. But the fact that Grichuk and Danny Jansen destroy us mean that the Blue Jays against the Yankees, maybe not against everybody, go one through nine. It's a big accomplishment to tame this lineup. Yeah. It is for everybody, but especially for us. And once again, three runs per game. Win 5-3, lose 3-2, lose 3-1. Uh, a complete snooze fest from the offense. But th- I mean, they did what they could to sweep that series from the mound yeah. and didn't come close. Yeah, they need the Yankees need to score four runs a game, which isn't a huge ask for this offense. That's probably like league. Yeah, it's league average for four runs. Pretty much. They, they need it to be average to sweep the series. And they were beyond below average. You and um, I were crying about this, but it, it does. It I does feel like almost every other team in baseball is ready, is more ready. To Chaz McCormick, who is this guy? The Astros are scoring nine runs against Chaz McCormick. It's a three home run home, three run home run on Sunday. Who is that? The Yankees and A's are the only teams that like didn't yeah. show up ready to hit on opening day. Why are there all these known? That's that's the problem I have. You look at the scoreboards around the league, and it's like okay, everyone's scoring five, six. It, the Royals scored twenty four runs in their first two games. I know. I know that's probably more of an anomaly than anything, but like, why are these guys ready to rip and the Yankees with the best lineup in the American league are taking fastball after fastball over the heart of the plate? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not comfortable yet. I I did think about one more team though, that has struggled on offense. There's Uh, one more. Oh, there is one more. Yeah. I just thought of one more. Like you're having trouble on offense. The Yankees aren't doing great. I'm not proud of the Yankees offense. No, honestly, um, they put a lot of guys on base in their first game. Didn't score. Obviously, put a lot of guys on base in their second game. Barely scored. Horrible third game. But they did win one of those. You know who's you know who's winless? Mm, who is it? You, you know who's basically scoreless? Should I look? Should I look this up? Do I have to? I was talking. Here? Well, no. I, I I was talking about the sneaky good Boston Red Sox. Oh yeah, the dark horse Boston Red Sox. Yep. The two thousand. The people are saying this team's a little twenty thirteen ish. Actually, I actually heard that they're a little twenty thirteen ish. Um, I don't know who you heard that from your your buddy Hench, the reality TV producer. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. So far, so far, so bad. And the Red Sox are the reason that the Yankees are about to face an, an undefeated three and O Baltimore Orioles team. Major League Baseball, by the way, clearly, clearly 
wanted a hot start from the Boston Red Sox. And they said, they you're coming off a tough year. Uh, you're, you're in year two of this high bloom rebuild. You're signing all these versatile guys. Everyone agrees your offense is a little step ahead of your pitching. Well, guess what? You started, I don't know what you did to earn this last year going 20 and 500 but uh you know you you earned a little break we're gonna we're gonna give you a break so three game home series to start it off at the mm. band box known as Fenway Park here you go a little treat for you guys because you rehired Alex Cora like we told you to wink wink nudge nudge we said it was okay you brought him back here's a three game home series at Fenway with the last place team in your division start off three and oh have people buzzing about you. You don't even have to be that good. Just start off 3-0 or start off 2-1. Y'all have a great time. Not only did they not do that, not only did they drop their first two games, uh, but they, they went down 10-0 in their third, which which was like, once you lose those first two, that third one's a guaranteed win. The Orioles don't even want it. Yeah. Uh, yes, they do. They do. They want it, and they're up, they're up 10-0 in the third. Yep. Um, so shout out to the only American League team that has it worse than us so far. For now. 15, so 15 far. hits, 15 hits and five runs across three games for the Boston Red Sox. So that's good. But they're 2013-ish. They're, yeah. they're very 2013-y. Um, the, oh, the only other thing I want to say that sort of puts a damper on this whole parade, um, you know, you you are right. The bullpen's a positive, uh, an obvious positive, too. They did a lot that we liked, um, and, and they they held this Blue Jays lineup over and over and over again and gave the Yankees a chance to win three out of three times. They only took one of those opportunities by the reins. The only negative here, maybe it's not that hard to build a bullpen in 2021. Nobody thought the Blue Jays had the bullpen they had. And Clint Frazier in the postgame, God bless him, did come out and say, don't give the Blue Jays pitching staff too much credit. I feel like we're not clicking. When we click, there's no one that can hold us down. And Clint, you are right, but I'm still waiting for the click. And you know what I you know what I would rather have than like a short, maybe a 40 or 50 game click? A 100 game semi-click. Just partially click for 100 games instead of going nuts for 30 and dead for 70. But I digress. The Blue Jays, nobody thought they had the pitching depth here. Um, and, and nobody's, you know, not making a value judgment on Zoic or Stripling. But Merriweather, Romano, Phelps, Dolis even coming out of the bullpen, throwing gas or throwing change of pace stuff. Every one of those guys held the Yankees down too. So I'm proud of the Yankees bullpen. But the cold water I will throw on it is just to say we watched the Blue Jays bullpen do that to us too. Maybe everybody has one of these bullpens. I guess maybe, or maybe the hitters are behind, uh, but that's, uh, I don't know why or that how would much be the longer? case. I don't or know. How much longer are you going to be behind? I don't know. Cause then, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, it's cold, whatnot. It's like, are the blue Jays, uh, why are the blue Jays not entirely affected by the cold then? You know, their offense is putting forth good at bats. They're getting, they're stringing together hits. I know they haven't necessarily, they only scored nine runs this series. So the, the production didn't, uh, didn't warrant and uh, any sort of award or pat on the back, but I think that their offense looked a lot better than the Yankees. So I don't know what the, di- and the Yankees pitching staff is, should be worlds better than the blue Jays. Um, short sample size, not going to have the answers, but one other thing we got to talk about in that Clint post game. Uh, I thought it was weird. A little question from Marley Rivera at the end. Well, Clint, uh, very, very cool head in that post game. Uh, got to give him props after the, uh, troubles he had with the media previously um, and just dealing with the spotlight in New York. He was a young guy back when he had that awful defensive performance. Uh, what was that? Two years ago, three years ago. How long is it? Uh, middle of 2019 when he almost ruined the season. Of yeah. the Red Sox game yes. Left yeah. The field early. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I've tried to erase it from my mind because I don't like to think about it, but anyway, uh, ESPN's Marlo Vera asked him if he's a good starting left fielder. Uh, very odd question. Clint said, yeah, Yes, yes, yes. Three times. Yes, yes. I'm a good starting left fielder. He was like, 
sort of confused. And then he's like, who am I? I'm Clint Frazier, major league baseball player, New York Yankees. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm in the starting lineup. I am a good left fielder. Yes. Thank you for asking. Uh, very cool about it. Also, like you said, answer that question about say hey, no need to panic yet. Any, everybody uh, we're just getting things together. We got to start clicking whatever the case. Um, Marlo Rivera got called out for asking that question on social media. Uh, I don't think she necessarily deserves to be flamed, but I think she probably warranted an answer for that question. Um, and she said that she was merely asking the player about his development over the course, I guess, of the last few years. Uh, that doesn't really strike. Uh, if you're going to ask a player about his development and it's on a large stage where it's being televised and it's being recorded, uh, wouldn't you think the question would be a little bit less blunt than are you a good starting left fielder? Uh, and especially in a game where Clint played right field because they rested John Carlos Stanton and put Aaron judge in the DH spot to kind of, I guess, give them a little bit of rest. So, uh, that was a little thing that did not end the weekend on good terms. In my opinion, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but just the, an odd thing. And then, uh, getting defensive about it, kind of questioning why people would even dare to, uh, look at that question, I guess, unfavorably. Uh, and then just being like, oh, well, this is my journalistic career. I'm in the media room and you're not. It's like, yeah, you, you are you totally are. Congratulations. You've worked your way up for your uh, career at this point. You've done a tremendous job, but like uh, you're not impervious to criticism or questions from other people when something like this crops up. Very bizarre, uh, especially when, like I said, you're asking a guy who had previous run ins with the media. Maybe it was a cool, uh, like, un unsavory softball question to ask Clint to see how he respond. And he passed the test. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was a weird question. Didn't really give me great vibes, but I'm glad he was able to move on from it. And hopefully we just don't even have to discuss this ever again. Also just didn't feel like there was much to be gained there. You, yeah. Do you want Clint to say at this point? No, oh, no I'm a terrible I starting left fielder. Suck. If anyone wasn't a problem with these first three games, it was Clint Frazier's hustle bloop double yeah. today, took third base on his own. Uh, scored on a grounder. Man manufactured the team's only run today all by himself. Uh, you know, had a ball dunk in on him yesterday. Not the only person in the history of baseball who's ever had that happen. Lost it in the sun. Should have caught it. Didn't. No run scored. Corey Kluber picked him up. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of uh, people defending the question in the aftermath, saying that this is a conversation you'd had with Clint in the past. And you wanted to check in on him. Sure, but it feels like prying, especially after today, a game in which Clint played right field, um, to ask if he considers himself a good starting left fielder. Uh, maybe wait until a game in which he was a starting left fielder and, and struggled, or his struggles were central to a game, and then he'll he'll answer it maybe a little more truthfully and say, right now, not 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 today. I'm still working at it. It just didn't feel relevant to today's mm. action. And it also, I believe, was the closing question of his availability. Like, I don't really know why you want to send him home like that. Sometimes it does feel like, the Yankee media landscape and major league baseball media landscape in general is built up to silence and squash players like Clint Frazier, who since that day in 2019 has certainly owned up to every mistake he's made and then didn't make a mistake today and then didn't play left field today. So I don't really know the genesis of the question or why this was the appropriate time to unleash it. But I mean, enough criticism is being levied. Definitely the people in the, in the midst of this understand what's going on more than I do, but I, it was an odd way to end a game in which, Michael King pitched great. Everybody but Domingo Herman performed very well on the like the uh well, there was only one pitch. It's only two of them, yeah. But only two of them. One You're was good, wrong. one was bad. Uh, but the offense struggled as a whole, other than Frazier. And then you're using his last question, media availability. Go, do you think you're good? Do you think you're even good? Like, I don't really know what that does. <laughs>
neither do I. And uh, the, the my problem with this is how defensive she got after being. Well, I mean, she didn't exactly have the greatest people coming at her. They were just saying, hey, this question's dumb. You're an idiot. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, cool. You're you're also like you're you're not good at what you do. That's why I'm in the media room, which, yeah, she's right. Like I said, but um, I think if this is something that's being questioned by a lot of people, I don't think you've done anything wrong, but I think people deserve to know the answer or the reason why you asked it. And there's probably little reason to get defensive about it. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't, I, I don't know if I asked something like that. I don't know if I'd get defensive. I'd feel like there'd be a greater reason behind it and I would have an explanation, but I don't know. She asked the question. He answered it. Great. And I think we could all move on and live life and hopefully sweep the Orioles. I, I did. I mean, this is not the first Marley Rivera incident, though. I don't mean to single her out, but I will say uh, Bradford William Davis, who I love, uh, writes for the Daily News, uh, started started on the beat fairly recently, but had a big 2020, uh, did a lot of great work. And I, I was I, something triggered during this conversation. I remembered I was like, isn't wasn't Marley on the wrong side of another argument recently? So I looked it all up and I wasn't wrong. Uh, she was the one who called out uh, Bradford William Davis for asking about Garrett Cole's command in, in his ALDS start last year and did like a snarky little subtweet, like report, like young reporter on the thing asked about Garrett Cole's command. Give me a break. And then Bradford William Davis was like, I charted it and his command was off. And also like, <laughs> didn't we all watch the game? His command was off. He won despite that. Like it was really weird gatekeeping and, and Bradford was right. And he said, uh, you know, People like Marley are the reason why there is sort of gatekeeping in this industry. And she did use the same defense today saying, I'm in the media room. You're not. I can ask whatever question I want. But getting on someone else for asking a question about Garrett Cole's command, even in the wake of a positive start, yeah. it was clear Cole wasn't comfortable in that game. So just asking a beat writer question and trying to zero in on a different ang different angle is much more interesting to me, albeit uh, you know pushing a slightly uncomfortable button is much more interesting than asking Clint Frazier after a game in which he didn't play the position. Do you think you're good enough to play left field in the major leagues? I mean, to gatekeep and then ask a question like that seems really out of bounds. So hopefully we have fewer beat writer fights moving forward. I don't really want to, I don't want that to be a big part of this equation on the nope. podcast, but uh, that was weird. It, it reminded, it just, I was like, didn't she get on somebody else for asking a quote unquote dumb question? And I looked it up and that, and I was right. She did. And B that question wasn't dumb at all. Uh, seems like, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, don't know. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. And we would really like to go into the Orioles series feeling good about ourselves. We've got some night games. Those will be cold. Yes, they will. And uh, who are you? Oh, I'm Adam Weiner. I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Though I'm trying to complain a little bit less these days. Yeah, let's let's keep let's keep the positive vibes going. We're not going to get too shaken up uh, after all this, folks. I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. Please has, head on over to yanksguyguard.com. Uh, we're, we are still churning out the content and talk to us on every day, every game day at FS on Twitter. We want to hear what you have to say. Uh, we want to start a greater conversation. Uh, and until then, everyone, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hopefully we have a couple more wins under our belt. By then. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? We'll see you. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. 
Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 